Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 3 of Something to Live For, a podcast slash audiobook where new chapters will be released every other Thursday night. My name is Alex Lawrence, and I've still been developing the story for a little over 18 months now. Uh, I originally released the story, uh, the first 10 or so chapters, uh, via the website, and then as an ebook. Um, but I've now decided to release it as a podcast, and the ebook will then be released once the podcast has been completed. You can now find new episodes via iTunes and Stitcher, uh, along with SoundCloud, and I'd be most grateful if you could leave a review, as that really does help the podcast find uh, and reach a wider audience. Um, please keep the feedback coming as well. I should have known that I would have got a load of new comments about my lisp. Some good, some hilarious, uh, and some just outright mean. Um, and following some, some great feedback from Nick, uh, I'm changing things slightly with the recap, so please listen out for that. If you like the change, uh, or if you don't like it, please do let me know. You too can get involved with your feedback and your theories on the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash something to live for series. And please subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on the next episode. Now, it's, it's, been, it's been a pretty tough week for me and I was deliberating whether to do the, the episode or not, but I decided to in the end uh, because my nan, uh, my nanny Pam, sadly passed away on Tuesday. She was 88 and had become a shadow of the incredible woman uh, that I've loved my entire life. It was really sad to see, and she would always say, don't let me end up like that. Um, she was always super supportive, and if I was ever in a musical at school, she was always there, front row if she could be, singing along, uh, whether she knew the words or not. <laughs> um, she was also brutally honest. When I was about 11, we went on a, a family holiday, and, and it, was, it, was, it was awful. The only swimming pool was basically just an oversized hot tub and there was literally nothing to do. I was sat on the only set of swings in the whole park and I was listening to I'll Be Missing You by Puff Daddy, as he was at the time, on my Sony Walkman. Uh, and I was singing out loud the Faith Evans part. There was no one else around to hear me, so what was the harm? Uh, even as an 11-year-old, though, uh, it was quite a high singing part. Uh, and I went back to the lodge about 20 minutes later. My nan sat on the porch just at the front and she simply said, was that you killing that cat? What a horrible sound. So <laughs> even though you'd have definitely hated the amount of swearing in this story, uh, this one's for you, Nanny Pat. This story contains material that some listeners may find distressing or disturbing, so listener discretion is advised. 20 days ago, my wife and son were killed. I was running out of food, so I decided to leave to get to my friend Daniel's house. I don't know if he and his family are still alive, but it's given me something to live for. After I killed one of them, I was confronted by a woman who by some awful fucking coincidence shares my wife's name.
I haven't spoken since you told me her name. That was at least three minutes ago. I need to say something. I haven't got anything to say. And if I did, I'm certain it would be said through tears and short breaths right now. I think she knows, because she hasn't spoken either. Where have you been for all this? Oh, for goodness sake, Sarah. Nope. I can't even think about her name without it feeling like a punch to the chest. Did you have a nickname or anything? I'm not going to be able to call you Sarah. I'm sorry. I feel sick just saying it. Oh. Well, my friends used to call me Growler. Is she serious? I'm not calling her fucking Growler. This woman. She must only be about 22. And she has a kind of mouthy brown hair that falls just below her shoulders. Her fringe sweeps to the right slightly, covering the right of her piercing blue eyes. She had her ears pierced and I can make out a tattoo on her left collarbone. I think it's a flower, maybe a rose. She doesn't look like a growler. I smile and say, I think I'm just going to have to get used to calling someone else Sarah. We've been driving for about 45 minutes together, nice and slow. So... We're almost about a quarter of the way to Daniel's house and she hasn't asked where we're going yet. Have you been alone this whole time? I asked, wondering if we'd shared a similar experience. Yes. She looked sad. I kept expecting my parents to come home, but they, they just didn't. Then the electricity went off and I was too scared to leave. This is the first time I've left the house since it happened. What about you? You're, you're covered in blood. What happened? I was attacked by one a few minutes before I picked you up. I killed it with a machete. I've been alone for 20 days now, but I ran out of food. I got what I could from a few neighbouring houses, and now I'm going to a friend's house to make sure that he and his family are OK. We lost contact when the network went down. You're welcome to come too if you don't have any other plans. Like you fucking would. I'd much rather have someone with me. Being alone has never been something I've excelled at. Whenever I went away for work, I'd be FaceTiming Sarah and Milo for hours at a time. Thank you. She looked genuinely grateful. We pull into a petrol station. Although I've got my arsenal of weapons and a bit of food in the car, it dawned on me that I didn't bring anything in the way of medicine, so I'll go in and see what they've got left. The door's been smashed open, but it looks like there's still some stuff in there. You should come in with me so we can carry more, and I think we'll be safer together. I said, secretly wanting her out of the car. She seems nice and all, but I'm not letting her drive off to safety with my weapons and supplies, leaving me behind. The small cabin was dark, and whoever was here before me took most of the decent food, leaving us with some mouldy bread, a few warm beers, and a few jars of peanut butter. I noticed Sarah putting all the peanut butter jars into her bag. I hate peanut butter. So I hope we don't get too desperate for food. Behind the counter with a mountain of useless lottery scratch cards there are about five boxes of paracetamol and two boxes of Imodium. They'll do. I also grab the last few packets of cigarettes, a few lighters and some rolling papers. I catch Sarah looking disappointed at me. You think cancer is high up on my list of things to worry about? She gave me a sarcastic smile. We walk back to the car as I realise I didn't bring the fucking machete with me. I am so shit at this. I pick up the pace because I'm suddenly feeling a lot more vulnerable than I want to. 
I make it to the car to see the machete lying safely in the passenger footwell. And as I think about where I can keep it to remind me to take it with me, I hear a scream. Turning around, I see Sarah. She's fine. So where's the scream coming from? I beckon Sarah to come and hide behind the car with me. I suppose the first instinct to hide is a good thing. We hear it again. It's coming from a house opposite the petrol station. I don't want to be the idiot that investigates a scream and ends up dead, Sarah whispered loudly. She's got a point. How many times do you see a tubby security guard investigating an ominous scream only to be mauled by a good-looking vampire or something? I think you're right. Let's go. We get in the car and set off on our way with a real sense that our lives can be lost in an instant. We drove in silence for a few minutes until Sarah opened up a jar of peanut butter. You can't eat the peanut butter in the car. It's fucking disgusting. I lit one of my newly acquired cigarettes and looked over at her. She didn't look pleased. Hypocrite. Again, she's got a point. Fair enough. Eat the bloody peanut butter. It's not like there's any point in keeping the car immaculate anymore. I don't imagine we'll happen upon a hand car wash station anytime soon. As I looked back at the road ahead of us, I slammed on the brakes. We might need to find another way to your friend's house. I couldn't speak as the gravity of this fucking situation hit me. Ahead of us was a large barbed wire fence where the road used to be, with a large sign saying, Contaminated zone! Do not enter. Fuck. Fuck. So that's chapter three. Um, I I threw in a couple of extra fucks just for my nan. Uh, I do hope you all enjoy it. And of course, uh, please come back to see where our main character goes from here. And do be patient. He will get a name. As always, please go and like the Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash something to live for series. Get involved with your theories. And as always, throw me some feedback on the website that you can still find through our Facebook page. There's a list of songs that I would listen to while I was writing the story. Last week's homework was to listen to Glasgow Love Theme uh, from the film Love Actually. Uh, and thanks to everyone who got in touch to say how great it is, even if the film, according to some of you, is utter shit. Uh, I'll be honest, I love it. This week's homework is to fire up your Apple Music or Spotify or YouTube and listen to The Ecstasy of Gold by Ennio Morricone. It is an absolute masterpiece. And when it kicks in, you will definitely feel inspired to do anything that you set your mind to. You may already be familiar with it. And if you are, just listen to it again. It is incredible stuff and an absolute classic. Uh, so thanks again for listening and I will see you all back here in two weeks for chapter four. <laughs>